everyone. Welcome to 2020 in episode five of Coffee with the Queen. I'm Nicole. And I'm Cindy. If you're like the two of us, you're still headstrong on achieving your 2020 resolutions. Believe it or not, the secret to your resolution success may actually start with your morning cup of coffee, both financially and psychologically. So today we're going to share our tips for brewing a great cup of coffee at home, explain how adding certain spices to your coffee can boost its health benefits, and then let you know when to drink your coffee to maximize its effectiveness and helping you achieve your goals. After listening, if you're interested in learning more about anything mentioned in today's podcast, please visit our blog, coffeewiththequeen.com, or our podcast site, coffeewiththequeen.podbean.com. We have links to more in-depth blog entries on both sites. The first step, how to become your own favorite barista. Making a great cup of coffee at home is easy and so much more cost-effective than purchasing coffee from a cafe or coffee house. While we, of course, encourage you to support your local coffee shop, if saving more is on your 2020 goals sheet, brewing your morning cup of coffee at home can actually save you well over $1,500 per year, and it's easy. That's over $1,500 per year if you're above 35 and over $2,000 if you are below 35, according to a 2018 study. First off, you'll need to find your go-to coffee. Uh, this is often the trickiest part of making a great cup of coffee at home. When you go to a coffee shop, uh, there's usually options. If you go to a high-end shop, all those coffees are going to be high-end, good quality coffees. So when you're looking to purchase a coffee for your home, it's really important that you don't just grab the first one you see in the market, but find one that you're really going to love. If you aren't sure where to start, I suggest you check out our blog or any site that breaks down different coffee roasts and regions and just start taking a little journal with you and, and making notes about coffees that you really like, like whether they're spicy, whether they're rich, if they come from a particular region or a particular roast. And then hopefully that will help you quickly zone in on what you like and help you find your favorite coffee. Many coffee shops like ours also offer little sampler packs. So if you kind of zoned in and you have a sense of what you like, you could ask for a sampler from a particular region and that should get you a little bit deeper into your personal taste preferences. Yes, exactly. Uh, sampler packs are an amazing tool for the novice coffee drinker who's trying to figure out what their favorite roast or blend might be. Yeah, and we also have, if you want to go even deeper, which I don't know if you want to do this in addition to your other goals, we do have a blog entry on how to basically taste coffee and kind of begin to create your own taste profile, which can be helpful in finding your favorite morning coffee. So once you find your coffee, the next step is to be sure your grind matches your brew method. One of the biggest errors we see people make when brewing at home is using a coarse grind in a brewer that requires a finer grind. So I'm going to guess some of you are rolling your eyes right now. I know this sounds like an unneeded step, kind of when a recipe tells you you need to sift flour to bake a banana bread and you don't really know why you need to sift flour to bake a banana bread, but it is actually really important. If you have the wrong grind for your brew method, your coffee is likely to be either under or over extracted. Under extracted coffee will taste sour and watery, while over extracted coffee tends to taste bitter and grainy. It's just not pleasant. Once your grounds are set, the next thing to be mindful of is water. Coffee is 99% water. It's extremely absorbent of both scents and flavors, and it's completely unforgiving. Any minerals or impurities present in your tap water will appear in your coffee if they aren't filtered out. So if you drink filtered water at home, be sure to brew your coffee with filtered water. If you have minerals in your coffee, it just tastes awful. You can have the best coffee, you can have everything else right, and the coffee just will not taste good. Once you have your coffee, your grind, and your water, you're ready to start brewing. Like baking, precision is actually key to brewing a consistently excellent cup of coffee. The first precision point to discuss is your water temperature. 
Some of you may know this, some of you may not, but coffee burns. Most people think of burnt coffee as just bitter coffee, but burnt and bitter coffee are actually very different. Burnt coffee leaves a very unpleasant aftertaste in your mouth, similar to having taken a bite of burnt toast or crust. It's just a dirty taste you can't get out of your mouth. While bitter coffee could be a product of many things from being poorly extracted or stale coffee, or it could actually be a characteristic of the bean or roast. Some roasts, very dark roasts, like Italian roasts, actually their profile is to be slightly bitter. So that's a good kind of bitterness. Right. I personally prefer a little bit of bitterness in my coffee. Yeah, a lot of people do. A lot of people really love it. They kind of look for that little bit of bitterness. And that's a good bitterness. That bitterness, I'm going to guess, doesn't stay with you after you swallow your coffee. But Absolutely. That's a bitterness that has no aftertaste. Yeah. So that's a good, that's a roast or a bean bitterness. The bad bitterness is the one that your mouth puckering after like, oh, I need to, to swallow something to get this taste out of my mouth. To avoid burning your coffee, brew with water heated between 195 and 200 degrees Fahrenheit. Brewing water above 200 degrees Fahrenheit will burn your coffee while brewing with water that's below 190 degrees Fahrenheit will fail to brew your coffee. You're just going to end up with kind of dirty water. The second precision point to watch is your grounds to water ratio. While your optimal ratio ultimately comes down to personal taste, as a general rule, we recommend two heaping tablespoons of grounds per six ounces of water or a ratio of one gram of coffee to 16 to 18 grams of water. If you are using a dark roast or if you're, you switch between a lighter roast and a darker roast, just note if you're using the tablespoon method rather than measuring, you'll probably need a little bit more. So say like two and a quarter spoons of dark roast to achieve the same ratio because the dark roast grinds and beans are lighter and fluffier. If you're measuring out your grams of grounds, you've got no problem. And if you're using a pour over brew method and you want to be really technical, you can brew with your pour over crack placed right onto a food scale to ensure you achieve that optimal ratio. Those of you who go to high-end cafes or cafes that use pour overs have probably seen baristas doing that and they're not doing it for show. Getting that ratio right is actually an essential component of brewing a consistently great cup of coffee. I think it is important to point out though that certain people have certain personal tastes. So you do need to experiment a little bit around these ratios to find what a perfect cup tastes like to you. Yeah, definitely. You, I think like your coffee a little bit heavier than me. Like I tend to go a little bit lighter. I'm more of a medium roast drinker in general. So if I, even if I go to a dark roast, I'll probably go 16 grams on the coffee versus 18, or you might go to actually 20. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's best if you play around and find out what's really going to make you smile, I guess, <laughs> be the best for you. Nicely put. The next thing is to watch your filter. If you're using a brew method that requires a filter, be sure that you're using a really high quality natural filter as lower quality filter paper has been known to leach particles into your coffee. If your only option is plain white filter paper, you can pre-rinse it, just add a few drops of water to the filter before you start brewing and let those particles drip out into the sink. So if you follow these steps, you are sure to consistently brew up a delicious barista quality coffee at home. For a recap on home brewing or to learn more about particular brew methods, please visit our blog, coffeewiththequeen.com. We have a general brew methods blog as well as blogs on individual brew methods. Something I believe that we have discussed before but is worth repeating is that when you use different brew methods, it results in a different final product. In other words, the same coffee made in a French press may taste differently than it would if it was brewed in a drip machine. So once you have identified a coffee that you love, I think you should brew it using one or two different methods to determine which way would create your perfect cup. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point. Actually, I love to play with 
really going between a pour over and a French press, which are very different. But my taste actually changes throughout the day. So French press coffee, even if it's the same coffee, is a little heavy for me in the morning. Or a pour over can be a little light for me in the afternoon. I love my Mills Blend. <laughs> so um, like right now I'm a little obsessed with Mills Blend again. So I'm drinking it throughout the day, but I'm changing the brew method as I go. And and I am much like you, even though we take our coffee very differently, because in the morning I have a drip cup and in the afternoon it's almost always a French press. Yeah. Oh, so that's the same. So now that you have this delicious cup of coffee, uh, you can boost its health benefits by adding a pinch of some mouthwatering spice. Cindy's going to walk you through her favorites, all of which she's created delicious drinks around. And then I'll mention a few of my go-tos. Cindy? Thank you, Nicole. So today I'm going to give an overview of three of my favorite health-boosting spice additives for coffee, two of my favorite cow milk substitutes, and my favorite alternate sweetener instead of using sugar. The spices being discussed today are turmeric, cinnamon, and ginger. While all of these spices have been shown to positively impact heart health, reduce cancer risk, and help with treatment, they have positive impacts on Alzheimer prevention, as well as being high in antioxidant and anti-inflammatory properties, there are some unique aspects to each in both flavor and health boosts. So first up is turmeric. Turmeric is a mildly aromatic, slightly bitter spice with a brilliant goldenrod hue. Its flavor is rather earthy and sweet, and thusly it pairs wonderfully with coffees having the same taste notes. It has been used for centuries for its healing properties. I'm very excited to report that recent research suggests that turmeric has wonderful and amazing skin-soothing and anti-aging properties. <laughs> While the taste is not everyone's cup of tea, I love it. My favorite thing about the turmeric latte I prepared is its vibrant color. Like turmeric, ginger has a distinct flavor. It is often described as warm and spicy, sometimes even peppery. In addition to the common health benefits listed earlier, ginger has marvelous healing properties for many stomach ailments. It has been used as a natural digestive aid for centuries and can help with everything from nausea, even morning sickness, to basic indigestion, as well as even helping with menstrual cramps. It is often used in combination with other spices in savory, spicy, and even sweet dishes. The latte I posted in our blog combines ginger with cinnamon, resulting in a latte both creamy and sublime. And speaking of cinnamon, the last spice I will explore today is in fact cinnamon. By far my favorite coffee additive, and perhaps the most widely used, cinnamon also has been shown to limit bacteria growth, help in the fight against diabetes, as well as showing some promising effects for HIV treatment. As I said earlier, cinnamon may be one of the most widely used additives to coffee, and rightfully so. It mixes well with most coffees, and the aroma alone is enough to leave you craving more. So I have one caveat for all the spices that I mentioned, and that is that they can be used in different forms, such as extracts, ground, dried, fresh, etc. And depending on how you use the spice, some of the benefits mentioned here would be amplified or reduced. Next up is just a brief mention about dairy substitutes and sugar substitutes. Some people either for health reasons or choice turn towards a plethora of available milk substitutes. They have known health benefits and my two favorites are coconut milk, which is immune system boosting and has positive links to heart health and almond milk, which is a wonderful non-dairy substitute, high in nutritional value and low in calories. Both of these choices are wonderful and I encourage you to experiment and find your favorite. Finally, and maybe my favorite part, my favorite sugar substitute is honey. 
While still caloric, I mean, nothing is perfect in life, (laughs) honey, especially natural, organic honey, has been shown to have a number of health benefits, including heart health boosters and positive impacts on your good cholesterol levels. Also, honey is loaded with antioxidants, and it's not only linked to positive heart health, but also cancer prevention and even to your eye health. And that wraps up my talk on healthy coffee additives. As always, I thank you for listening, and I have supplied links to three recipes, all using some or all of the ingredients I discussed here. Please go to our blog, coffeewiththequeen.com, or follow the links on our podcast site, coffeewiththequeen.podbean.com, to explore unique ways to combine these ingredients and create your own delicious, innovative, and health-boosting coffee treat. And with that, I will pass the mic back to Nicole. Thanks, Cindy. You know, I hadn't even thought about that. You've just brought up a whole new dimension to this podcast, which is so addition to saving money and doing other things, it really listed a whole list of things of people who are trying to just eat healthier, reduce sugar, improve their skin, which is something I'm always looking to do. You can really use a lot of the spices you mentioned. I personally love honey in my coffee. If I want a sweet cup of coffee, I'll put honey or maple syrup. I love adding them in ginger. The first time I heard someone say to put ginger in their coffee, I thought it was a little bit nutty. I couldn't imagine how those flavors would work together, but it was really delicious. And cinnamon, yeah. I love putting cinnamon in my coffee every day. So <laughs> I brew no, with cinnamon. Absolutely. And I'm sure you have a few more spices to add. These were just three that I've played with more than once. And that's why I highlighted them. I do have a few more to add. You covered my favorites, but I would add to this list cardamom, especially if you have digestive issues or high blood pressure. It's great for helping reduce those and and helps with any kind of stomach acid. Cocoa powder, which is also packed with antioxidants and helps balance cholesterol and blood sugar and tastes great in any coffee with a rich chocolatey base. Cayenne pepper, which increases circulation and can reduce hunger. And then nutmeg, which is a powerful anti-inflammatory and has helped shown to reduce insomnia. Definitely great add-in for those of you night caffeinators among us, or for those just starting a workout routine or boosting up their workout routine. For those of you looking for a metabolism boost, you could also try adding a tablespoon of butter or peanut butter. I know it's not a spice, but adding that little bit of fat to your coffee can really kick up your metabolism. Yeah, coconut oil is another additive that can do a similar thing. And adding butter also makes your cup creamier. Yes, so a little peanut butter. I don't know about coconut oil, but Yes, and the peanut butter, the, the butter definitely creates like a thick, rich cup, which is nice in the morning, especially in winter. So one caveat to adding any spice to your coffee is just be sure that the spice you're adding to your coffee is relatively neutral or complementary. Generally, you can add any spice to any coffee and it's going to taste okay. But if you have a coffee with really strong pepper notes or earthy notes, cinnamon may clash with it. Same thing if you have a sweet, light coffee, adding cayenne or any strong spice could result in a really inharmonious gross cup. Yeah, I think I pointed that out for the turmeric. Like that's a very strong earthy spice. So you want to be careful about what coffee you add that to. True, but even cinnamon, like Cindy and I once added cinnamon to a Sumatra. I love cinnamon. I love Sumatra. It was the worst combination I've ever had in my life. I would say test all of these before you commit because you might add it in and think you hate the coffee and it may just be the combination of the spice and the coffee that aren't working for you. So that brings us to our final topic of the day, which is finding the optimal time to drink your coffee. If you're like me, the cool irony of pursuing long-cherished personal goals during the toughest time of the year, both mentally and physically, is not lost on you. It's cold, it's dark, and it's difficult to keep and develop new habits under these conditions. That said, I'm pretty confident that if you and I can stick to our resolutions in the dead of winter, we can keep them going all year long. 
Drinking coffee before tackling a challenge actually calms you, increases your focus, and helps you feel physically and mentally energized. It also will increase your tolerance for repetition and tedious tasks, making something like going to the gym, doing reps, studying a new language much easier. Coffee does this by facilitating the release of dopamine, serotonin, and neuroadrenaline in the areas of the brain responsible for mood regulation. So this natural combo of feel-good chemicals will boost your mood and improves your cognition while preventing your body from developing any kind of stress response or anxiety. It's great to drink a cup of coffee before you're going to go tackle something new. If you're 2020 goals are fitness related, coffee has even extra special benefits. So drinking a cup of coffee 30 minutes before your workout will only add to your performance and fat melting. A pre-workout cup of coffee helps fend off muscle fatigue and reduces inflammation, helping your body feel its best as you head into that workout. Performance-wise, the starter cup also increases your reaction time, eases boredom of reps, and increases your endurance and physical performance by up to 12%. The good news doesn't stop there. According to research, a pre-workout cup of coffee boosts your resting metabolic rate by up to 15% for up to three hours post-workout and increases muscle burn by 66% for up to four hours if you pair that pre-workout cup of coffee with some carbs, such as toast. And finally, drinking coffee before you work out curbs your appetite later in the day by up to 72 calories, according to the Journal of Applied Psychology. But personally, I love to work out. I'm a bit of a, not a gym junkie, but I love to be moving and I have found drinking coffee before I do something I don't particularly like to do like running one of the best things that I could do I find running to be tedious but essential it really helps me not focus on the fact that I'm doing the same exact motion for 40 minutes with no real change in scene especially if I'm on a treadmill so I can personally attest to coffee helping ease the boredom of, of repetition and I have found out that if I drink coffee before I work out, I am less hungry later in the day, which always surprises me because I expect to be hungrier after I run versus less hungry. I agree with you. Anybody who knows me knows that I'm an avid yogi and I am much more effective at my repetitive chaturangas after my morning coffee for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So Cindy and I have tested this theory and at least for both of us, we can vouch for its accuracy. Finally, if you're 2020 goal is just to feel great, drinking coffee when your cortisol levels are declining can help you do that. So for those of you with a 6 a.m. wake up, your cortisol levels generally begin to drop by around 8 and 9 a.m., again between noon and 1 p.m., and finally between 5.30 and 6.30 p.m. So if you drink coffee while your cortisol level is dropping, it will actually help prevent that midday crash and keep your mood lifted throughout the day. If you wake up earlier or later than 6 a.m., just adjust those hours up and down. Since we're talking about crashing, maybe it's a good time to reiterate the benefits and best ways to take a coffee nap. Yeah, okay, we could do that. Yeah, we did that last time. So if those of you didn't listen or you like the idea of a coffee nap, which is really great in the winter. So if you feel the crash coming on, drink a cup of coffee, down it quickly. I would say go for an espresso. Go for something you can drink within a few minutes because you want to take a nap before your coffee starts to kick in. If you can drink a cup of coffee, I would give yourself no more than two minutes, and then take a nap for 20 minutes or, or at least close your eyes and lay down for 20 minutes. When you wake up, the coffee will just be starting to kick in and it'll start to block and clear out your adenosine receptors. You'll feel really rejuvenated and refreshed. According to two studies, taking a coffee nap is actually much more effective for helping you feel refreshed, re rejuvenated, and more alert than taking a non-coffee nap, so just taking a regular nap. So to sum up, to help yourself achieve those financial and personal 2020 goals, brew yourself a great cup of coffee at home in the morning, sprinkle it with spices that boost its flavor and help your body feel its best, and then 
sip your coffee at times and your coffee's really gonna work for you. Personally, I love coffee anytime, but I really appreciate when it helps me feel like I can give my best to whatever I'm doing. And that concludes episode five of Coffee with the Queen. So thank you for joining us. And again, links to everything we've discussed today are available on our blog, coffeewiththequeen.com, and our podcast site, coffeewiththequeen.podbean.com. If you like this podcast, please let us know by giving us five stars on iTunes. And if you have any feedback or topics you'd like discussed, we'd love to hear about them. Please email us at info at with any ideas you have. And then finally, to learn more about us or our coffee, please visit our website, thequeenbean.com. See you next month. Bye, guys. <laughs>